Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thank you all for joining us for the Double or Nothing Virtual Media Scrum, live from Daly's Place in Jacksonville. With us now is TNT Championship winner Cody. Please remember to raise your hand so we can call on you for your questions. You should be, we are live. We are live. Headset for Cody. Okay, great. Hello, Cody. The first question is from Mike Johnson. Okay. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, Cody. How are you, sir? Mike, I'm outstanding. How are you? I'm good. So, obviously, there is a long history with the Turner Broadcast family and the Rhodes family. So, with all that lineage that we all know about, what does it mean to you to be the first TNT champion? And uh, now that you are the champion, I also have to ask, what was your first thoughts when you heard about this belt being instituted into the company? Well, I mean, you, you talk about TNT and you talk about wrestling and the t- Turner Family Networks and everything that Ted did, that uh, Dusty, that Bill, that, that Eric did and Sting and just there's this lineage and this, this heritage. But Tony Schiavone brought up this really good point in our our sit-down interview where he, he named all these really great stats for me, like my thousandth match by 28. It was really special stuff, but they were like 10-year stats. They were stats that uh, they just didn't – it's not what you shoot for. And to be able to add to my legacy that the very first that, that this oh, – such a – man, this is a damn good feeling. And to come back and have Arn Anderson tell me – you know, now it's your time just started. Your time just started. And after all the time I've spent in, you think like, oh, well, good. <laughs> Finally, uh, I'm just really happy. My, my initial thoughts, this might sound so strange. The story is so uniquely linked from Turner and Dusty and Dustin and Cody. But my initial thoughts when I won were just about my mom. Uh, she's just, uh, she's the one I have left. And uh, I think she had it. She enjoyed it. So, Sorry. She enjoyed it, so uh, I I was happy. When you can please your mom, that's a good thing. Great, thank you. The next question is from Alex McCarthy from TalkSport. Alex? Hey, Cody. First of all, congratulations, my friend. Thank you. Really good match, really good. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on how you felt Mike Tyson played his part in that match because it felt like... uh, it would have been tempting to have him knock people out and all things of that nature, but you know, I thought you and uh, you and Lance put on a great show that made both of you look great. Oh, I, Lance is probably one of the the top three people I've ever been in the ring with. Um, we're not best friends by any means. Uh, the recruitment of Lance Archer to AEW, Tony Khan, and QT Marshall were really they, they were the ones who were on that search and. I questioned that search, and I have no questions anymore. It's one of the top three opponents I've ever had. I cannot wait to step back into the ring with him. A freak, hybrid, drug-free athlete. The things he can do, just that's what you want. That's what a wrestling company should be paying the big bucks for. And hats off to Tony and QT uh, for finding him. As far as Mike, Mike being a fan of AEW since the initial double or nothing, it was really fitting. Uh, that he was here for this, the sequel of 
think had Jake Roberts taken any further steps, both those fast hands of Iron Mike would have got to the old man. But Jake knew better. Uh, special moment to have Mike there and for so many reasons, but just surreal. I mean, that's the best way to really describe it. His, him being out there is surreal. I've, I've seen Mike Tyson every fight. I've seen him in the ring with Steve Austin, and tonight he handed me, uh, he handed me this, and that's uh, very just surreal. I, I don't think I'll, I don't think I'll wrap my head around it anytime soon. Thanks. The next question is from Dave Lagreca, Sirius XM. Well, Dave, are you going to ask a question here, brother? Cody, can you hear me? Yes, Dave, I can hear you and your dog barking in the background. Congratulations, man. I know you put a lot of time and effort into each and every show, and everybody said how much fun this show was, and just tell us how proud you are of this roster. Uh, the roster here, if you were in the Daly's place tonight, if you were able to see the how the roster, you know, even at social distance, how they were able to watch the show and their reactions, and also that aspect of watching it and saying, man, you can see it in their eyes. I want to I wanna be there. I want to be on that, that field, that itch. That's the real competition behind the other competition that you see. And that's such a good thing for a roster, such a motivating thing. Um, I'm incredibly proud of the roster so far. I'm also incredibly proud of Tim Walbert's team, which is Keith Mitchell, Tim Walbert, uh, Mark, Jamie, Kevin Sullivan, Jim Morris, and litany of names I likely forget, Denise, uh, QT Marshall, Charlie Ramone. Our production team does not know the word no. They're just so talent-friendly. Uh, one of the biggest things, and this is a side story, forgive my rant here, but elsewhere, I noticed there's this disconnect between production and talent. They, there's, they talk like truck drivers to each other, and they, they, there's a lack of like family. And one of the first things I told Tony, and Tony is this absolutely wonderful boss who's instilled it, is that can't be that way here. We got to know each other. We got to, we got to be able to speak to each other. We got to help each other tell these stories in the ring and man no place on earth does it uh like AEW in terms of the symbiotic nature between production and talent so i'm of course very proud of the locker room very uh but i'm incredibly proud of what they were able to put together production wise and that's all those names i listed plus many more uh for for this show for double or nothing it's what it's a show you can't forget the next question is from Mark Raimondi from ESPN. Hey, Cody, congratulations on a great show. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Uh, you guys have made the most of a very tough situation um, down in Jacksonville. No fans and not just everything going on in the world. How important has it been to uh, you know be creative during this time and kind of think outside the box? It's been one of the most, challenge- one of the most challenging times as a performer and competitor ever and I, I scarily have gotten used to the non-fans and I don't like that I want I want to get back into arenas I want to get back with fans but Frankie Gazarian he's had a, he's had a couple of drinks he comes up to me you know he had a wonderful pay-per-view for himself but also Frankie's a big leader behind the scenes and he just said hey this is the time that wrestling's going to forget but they're not going to forget what we did tonight and I just man he coined it so eloquently and 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 apropos this is a unique time as a fan and the young people who end up being wrestlers themselves go back and watch these matches there there's the albatross there's the the fact that there is no crowd there's the question of why there's the explanation it's always this conversation it will always be a conversation but to be able to give them something, that's our obligation. He paid 50 bucks for a pay-per-view in one of the most damnedest times our country's ever seen. So much division. Uh, and and we're, we're obligated. I'm obligated. It's my literal job to, to make you happy. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm very happy with tonight. 
Thanks. The next question is from Jim Barcelona from the Miami Herald. Congratulations, Cody. Thanks, Jim. You mentioned Ted Turner, Dusty. You had Mike Tyson there tonight. You have Arn. You have Jake. How important was it to tell that story? Because for me, it felt a little old school in capturing that emotion with the heel dominating. And then you had the, the baby face coming back at the end and winning the title and just capturing that whole feel. Was that part of the mindset going in for this one? Well, I think, you know, not to not to be too inside, but I do think everything I do is uh, is old school. And I don't, I'm not really trying for that. It's just the wrestling style I prefer. I'm, I'm going to put it out there because I get really tired of, of hearing it. Um, myself and Matt and Nick and Kenny, the EVPs of the company, that bond is unbreakable. We don't have to be best friends. It's an unbreakable bond. And what what they do, what Matt and Nick do, in terms of the Deadpool style of wrestling and breaking the fourth wall, what Kenny does uh, with the DDT-inspired uh, elements, and what I do with Crockett-inspired and Dusty-inspired elements, that's what's always made the freaking group work. We don't, we don't have to agree. We're not supposed to, actually. We're supposed to give you these different flavors. And I, I watched, you know, the Stadium Stampede. I watched it when it was put together. And I watched it just now. And watching people watch it is so, so damn enjoyable. And you mentioned old school. Uh, that's the flavor I like to bring. It's the wrestling I love the most. Uh, and I hope, I hope I'm getting the best I've been at it. For me, I have to improve. At this point, more than ever, I have to keep improving. And I hope uh, hope I can continue to do so. And the last question for Cody is from Bill Pritchard from Russell Zone. Hey, Cody, how are you doing? Hey, Bill, how are you? Good. So, the other day you said that you didn't get a chance to look at the title yet. And now that you've seen it, I just wanted to, you know, get your thoughts on what it looks like and Maybe if you know any of the design cues that or anything well, comes to mind when you look at it from the past. Well, the, the part that is the most special, and Tony Khan pointed out to me, is the mansion. It sets. It sets. And if you've driven by Techwood and you see the studios, and Sam Linsky and Brett and Kevin Riley and all these wonderful individuals who have believed in us and given us this new home, this is the mansion. And the guy hand-painted it. And I know Tony has already told you all this already, so it's not breaking news, but this isn't even the final belt, the actual silver-plated title, uh, which has the shine finish and the extra details uh, due to the, you know, COVID and the pandemic. um, We didn't have it here, uh, and we will have it maybe even as soon as this week's Dynamite. But, man, I don't know if I want it because this is the one I got handed I'm, I'm sorry, I'm very somewhat emotional this evening, but this is the one I got handed, and uh, I'm, I'm, I think it's the coolest damn thing I've ever seen. Thank you, Cody. Thank you. I'm done, right? I, I can leave? You're done. Thank you, Mandy, so much. Whoever's up next will be awesome. Thanks, Leva and Raph, for setting this up. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks very much. Next up is AEW World Champion John Moxley. And the first question will be from Nick Hausman. So stay tuned, Nick. Well... Uh, I can see you. You can't see them, but you can hear. All right. Oh. First question will be from Nick Hausman. Can you hear me? Am I on this? Yeah. Yep. Stay tuned for a question from Nick Hausman. The belt on the back. 
John, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, what's up? Hey, hey, John. Hey, thank you very much for taking the time. What's up? Trying to get the belt in the background. It's no problem. Uh, well, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, the debut of Brian Cage tonight. Uh, he seems to have an AEW title shot uh, in the works. What do you What do you think of Cage? Uh, yeah, they uh, they sure aren't getting any smaller, are they? Christ, hell. Uh, yeah, he looked, uh, from what I've seen, you know, uh, really impressive. Obviously, I've seen him in the ring before, you know, uh, one of those dudes who just defies all, uh, physics and logic is, uh, you know, not unlike Brody Lee, uh, just, uh, an incredible athlete, uh, can do things a guy like that size shouldn't be able to do, and, uh, that's a whole new can of worms, uh, you know, uh, man, so, uh, Worry. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it, but uh, he's an exceptional talent, so uh, you know, I don't know anything about him personally or what his attitude is. Uh, he's now aligned with uh, Taz, uh, who, uh, you know, is a, uh, a, you know, everybody knows Taz's personality. You know, he's, uh, uh, if he's anything, if he's anything like his, uh, if he's anything as a manager like he was as a competitor, you know, that it's going to be an aggressive uh Situation, so we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Uh. Okay, thanks. The next question is from Darren Paltrowitz from Sports Akita. Darren? Hey, it's Darren. Sorry about that. Thank you very much for your time and two parter for you, John. The first one is besides winning the match tonight, what was your favorite moment of the night? And the second thing is, who is the best Jerky Boys character? Um, geez, well, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, oh, come on. Uh, I'll answer the first question. Uh, definitely the best uh, moment of the night for me. You know, I, I saw snippets of the show, you know, tomorrow or tonight. I'm going to go back and watch uh, the entire thing uh, all the way through. I was, you know, getting my own mental and physical preparation and warm-up going on most of the night so I only saw snippets and bits and pieces of the show but from what I understand it was you know it seems everybody I mean, right now you know everybody at AEW is a team you know uh, even guys that are my rivals technically you know still we're teammates you know we're all here to make AEW success and to bring you know uh, entertainment to wrestling fans and in, inject new energy into the wrestling business and bring new fans in and that's basically all of our goals at the end of the day so right now you know backstage after the show ended, it feels like we just we just won the Super Bowl. We we put on you know a hell of a pay per view, uh, top to bottom, and you know everybody's just jacked up and hyped up and high five, and uh, you know we feel like we just you know won a game when we were an underdog. You know during a, a pandemic where um, you know we can't have you know a regular crowd in the building, we're in in a strange situation on these safety protocols, so. You know, kind of with our backs up against the wall, you know, uh, my back kind of up against the wall tonight against Brody Lee, you know, I, uh, I felt a lot of uh, a lot of motivation tonight because, you know, not only the personal situation between me and Brody Lee, but, you know, it's just, you want a, you know, a world title match to be a, a, a big thing with a clear number one contender with two months to build up and a backstory and a big thing. And, you know, this is just a three-week thing. And, uh, you know, Brody, and Brody, to his credit, stepped up on a three-week notice when he could be at home just waiting until the world goes back to normal to make his debut. But he jumped right into the fire in a, in a dangerous match against me, and he rolled the dice at double or nothing, uh, and he came up short. But I don't think he really has anything to be uh, to be ashamed of. You know, uh, that was the toughest match I've had in AEW. You know, at, at certain points, uh, I really was concerned that I was going to lose uh, and that's the championship mindset you know this, for the first time in AEW you know, I felt like I was drowning and I couldn't get out of water and I was frantically uh, swimming for air and you know the, that's the championship mindset is you absolutely refuse to lose and thrash and kick and hold your breath until your eyeballs are, are popping out until you get a breath of fresh air and when you get that little opening, you take it and you win any way you can and you find ways to win and you find way. you know, that's the, mess, the only message I can give to people, you know, uh, under these circumstances as, as world champion, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are having a lot of curveballs thrown at them. Uh, they're going to have to dig themselves out of financial holes and adapt their businesses or their jobs or their 
situations to how the world has changed. And, you know, when you get uh, strange curveballs thrown at you like Brody Lee or whatever, and you're getting power bombed and thrown around the ring and your stage is breaking and you crash through and shit's just going bad, you got to find a way. You got to find a way to win and find a way to succeed and refuse to let anything bad, uh, you know, win the day. You got to you got to find a way to succeed and, and get what you want out of life. And uh, the best the best moment tonight for me personally was, you know, this man disrespected me. This man stole my property. And uh, to, to, to see this man who, who disrespected me and stole my property and to leave him laying unconscious and bloody and take my property back and casually stroll out of the ring and show everybody in the world what happens when you cross me. Uh, you know, that was an extremely gratifying feeling. The next question is from Dave Meltzer from Wrestling Observer. Jan, how you doing? What's up, bro? Not too much, not too much. I was just wondering, like, look back at, or look forward, actually. Who would who would you like to uh, wrestle for the championship if you had your pick? You know, give, and it doesn't have to be one name, but like a couple of names that you would be looking for you know, looking forward to you on this roster right now? Uh, you know, I think, um, you know, uh, the last two, uh, you know, first two matches I had, it was uh, kind of, uh, you know, for short, quick, three-week notice, kind of curveball kind of scenarios, and uh, did everything in my power. Uh, it's cool because, you know, I have the control here to, like, take, uh, uh, you know, this is what we got, and I can turn it into something good. And, uh as best I can and uh um but like in the long term you know this is about you know playing the long game thinking about the big 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 moments you know those don't just come on three weeks notice those come on you know this is thing that burns and simmers and sizzles you know for for a long time and then you know even like uh uh you know I mean Jericho was a long slow burn from double or nothing last year to revolution this year and uh you know uh Obviously, you know, I don't think that right now the, uh, you know, Kenny Omega is in a, uh, a tag team, you know, in tag team division. I don't think the chapter is, is closed on me and him. He's one of the, the maybe the big, uh, the best big match wrestler in the world. And, you know, he's a, he brings that big match feel. I think uh, Hangman Page, you know, who's also right now competing in the tag team division, is going to, who's got momentum behind him and he's growing into his, uh, you know, into, you know, what he's going to be, you know, he's going to have that moment where he really steps into being like the man kind of thing. And, you know, that might be at my expense one day, you know, uh, Cody Rhodes, who's, you know, uh, kind of could be a generational rival kind of thing for me, you know, we're cut from the same cloth, uh, but we're kind of two sides of the same coin. Uh, you know, uh, you won't find me wearing a suit, you know, but you know, we, we still have the same passion for wrestling and, and, think of things a lot uh, similarly and uh, bring that we're two guys who bring that big match feel and that could be a, a, a huge match and uh, you know and, and there's you know obviously you know MJF you know coming up and you know me I, I want to you know I want to wrestle everybody because it's like a you know I don't want to be I don't want to be at the top of the mountain and now it's all good like no I want to like get to the top of the mountain and now clear everybody I want to clear out the division, so to speak, and be like the absolute last man standing. And I relish the opportunities to get in there with uh, a guy like Brody Lee, a big monster, athletic big man, and, and see what we can do. Uh, relish the opportunity to get in there with Jake Hager, All-American, undefeated heavyweight MMA fighter, see what we can do. Uh, with a Darby Allen, who's a high-flying dude, with a Sammy Guevara, with a Joey Janela. You know, all these different guys bring all these different uh, elements and I think I can do I think I can kind of you know do it all you know save for you know a double backflip you know I can pretty much do anything and, and adapt to any style and you know it's, it's just so much fun to just have different types of matches with different types of opponents you know so I want to get in the ring with everybody but I think you know those guys I mentioned are, are the big matches but ultimately it's whatever the fans want to see you know and I, you want to whatever the big names and the marquee names are that's who I want to be matched up against Thanks. Next up is Brandon LeClaire from Pro Wrestling Torch. 
Hey, John, I just wanted to uh, congratulate you on what was a really, really good title match and, and something that really, I think, subverted the expectations that people typically have for a pay-per-view title match. I thought the, the end of the match was really cool, the, the spot through the, uh, through the through the staging and everything uh, came off came off really well, and it's just something really different, something different from the typical title match. But I just wanted to, to uh, get your thoughts on the general feeling out there when you are working with this in-house audience, so to speak. And you know, it's a weird time for pro wrestling. It's a weird time for you guys to be out there. Uh, but AEW has done this really cool thing and, and put people out there to kind of give you guys that audience type reaction. Just wondering how it differs for you from a traditional audience, knowing it's you know your peers rather than you know the fans that are coming out, uh, and how important it is really. Well, it's uh, it's different than a regular audience. It's ten times better than having nobody in the building and just having that dead, sterile feel. That's really tough. You know, you can have that boiler room brawl kind of match once in a blue moon and it's cool and unique but every single match every week that's like oh man it's just it's hard to watch sometimes it's hard to participate in it's hard to get up for you know it's different but with the way we put you know a lot of people in the back kind of socially distance out people in the upper deck there's energy in the building there's you know we had uh vitor belfort and dan lambert down there in the uh in the crowd we have vicky guerrero down there we had some of the wrestlers down there so there's just that bit of energy just makes all the difference in the world uh, you know uh, it's not quite the same as like as you know twenty thousand people going nuts and knowing you're 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 taking them for a ride kind of thing but uh it definitely helps you know it's almost kind of like uh and having your kind of peers out there with you you know we're all you know not, everything's better when everybody's a little bit friendly competitive with each other everybody wants to kick ass and have the best match possible and you know uh you don't want to go out there and have a you'd almost rather not want to have a crappy match in front of your peers because they'd be like oh what's up dude i'm gonna take your spot especially me at the top of the hill you know i gotta go out there and, and be like nah man this is the kind of effort you gotta put in kind of thing uh so it's almost kind of like you know like high school wrestling challenge matches where you're like you know the you're surrounded in a circle by the team or something, you know, it's like a team atmosphere. And like I said earlier, you know, that's what we are. It's like a team here. So that little bit of like competitiveness to like show up your peers, you know, kind of is a kind of cool energy to, to kind of have some fun with. Last question from Carlos Toro from Fightful. Hi, John. Thanks so much for taking time to talk to us. Congrats on the title defense. Uh, obviously, this is you guys have done these types of shows uh, on Dynamite for the last couple of months, really. But with this being on pay-per-view, was there perhaps more pressure or motivation, whatever word you want to use, to sort of deliver a show-stealing performance, even though it's been the exact same setting or a similar type of setting that you guys have been dealing with for quite some time now? sure that they know that an AEW pay-per-view they have they cannot miss it you know whatever they have to do you know we're asking them to pay money for it it's because this is going to be good AEW pay-per-views are the top of the line pay-per-views and to uh, have the responsibility to main event that is huge and uh, you know you're going to get just incredible action and different kinds of action and everybody's going looking to steal the show every single night and it's just uh like AEW pay-per-views we can't miss we have to keep it that way so you know you definitely uh bring out a little bit of extra you know every every AEW pay-per-view is like a Wrestlemania feel in the back like it's like this is game time this is huge you know you put a bring out the little bit extra you bring in the new gear or whatever I tried to I'm trying to get new gear but my this pandemic's making all the shipping and everything so my new pants didn't come but my sick uh Bret Hart jacket with instead of the uh i tried to find like those like epulet things but i, I couldn't like get those in this weird situation but the dude here charlie shout out he made barbed wire epulets so i had like kind of a bret hart themed barbed wire themed sick jacket that was way too heavy and way too hot so i only had it on for about 30 seconds but i hope people enjoyed that but you know uh you definitely put in a little bit of extra effort when you know you're on pay-per-view especially when you're on an AEW pay-per-view you know because we're 
we're trying to gain and maintain the goodwill of the fans. That, like, if we're going to ask them to pay money, they know they're going to get, like, an incredible show. And, pers- like, personally for me tonight, I was ex- I was extra motivated, you know. I wrestled Brody a bazillion times. I could wrestle him in my sleep. But uh, this is a different, you know, Brody Lee's different thing now. And, uh, you know, I'm a different thing now. So, like, we wanted to be new. But also, you know, this, this is that. A month, you know, a month. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is exactly how I envisioned tonight's match. A hail, I called it a hailstorm of violence because I just knew that was exactly what it was going to be. Just a fucking, here we go. And just, boom, destruction over. Uh, and it's exactly how I uh, envisioned it. And uh, it was a very gratifying uh, feeling. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, just uh, being kind of part of a triple main event kind of thing and only having a three-week build kind of thing is like, oh, I was like, oh, screw this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out there and we're doing something tonight, like, for sure. Like, so I, you know, I had that extra bit of chip on my shoulder tonight, which is such a nice, such a nice feeling to have, you know. Thanks very much, John. Thank you. Okay, joining us now is Tony Khan, president and CEO of AEW. And the first question will be from AJ at AJ Awesome. Hey guys. Your first question is from AJ from AJ Awesome. Can you hear me? Yeah, it's good. To, yeah, that's great. I'm glad you're the first question. How are you? Good. Great. Thank you for watching the show. It was very fun. Thank you, AJ. I'm sorry about some of the language. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I hope you enjoyed it. Do you like the show? Yes. Good. What, what's your question? If you do cash in the poker chip, or do you just do a match? I mean, if you do cash in the poker chip, what are the rules for cashing it in? Uh... Well, you're going to be the person to break the news. I want to make sure AJ Awesome Show gets the credit for breaking the news uh, that uh, we're announcing here for the first time uh, that it's going to be John Moxley versus Brian Cage at Fighter Fest. And this week on Dynamite, uh, you're going to get all the details about Fighter Fest, but uh, Mox will defend the title against Brian Cage at Fighter Fest. Uh, Brian Cage, of course, debuted tonight and won the match uh, with Taz. And uh, so... That was the surprise, and you're the first person to ask it, so you get to break the story that uh, the uh, winner of uh, the casino ladder match at Double or Nothing receives a title shot at Fighter Fest. Thanks, AJ. Thanks. The next Welcome. question is from Joe from the New York Post. Hi, Joe. Hi, hey, Tony. How's it going? Very well, thank you. Um, Obviously, we're a year into to AEW now. With, with some of the new faces and obviously the, the bigger guys that you have now in, in Cage and Archer and uh, Brody Lee, does this feel like a, diff- a little bit of a different roster? And, and, a, and, a, and ha- what's the challenge of bringing in three big guys kind of in, in a very small window of time here? Uh, it's, it was a lot of, I mean, I could go on for a long time, so I'll try to go on for a medium amount of time uh, to answer your question. Uh, they're all really important guys, and they're all really important stories. You asked about uh, Brody, uh, Lance, and did you ask about 
and Cage. So a Brody, Archer, and Cage are those the three you asked about? Sorry, did Joe get muted? Sorry. Anyway, uh, they're all real, they've all been really important to us uh, in different stories. Uh, I, they bring different dynamics to the roster, and I don't want to like lump them in together. It's just like you know, big guys. I think they all are very special in their own way, and I could talk to like twenty minutes about each of them. So I think. Uh, but they've all come through for us. And if you want to ask, I can gladly talk about anybody individually, including those guys. Thanks. Thanks, Joe. Next question is from Mark Raimondi from ESPN. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. Hey, Tony. Congratulations on a great show. Thank you. I really appreciate you. I just wanted to ask you about the, the stadium stampede match. I know that it was uh, taped yesterday, but um, what kind of limitations, if any, did you guys have on the field? And, and can you just take me through how a match with so many moving parts kind of gets, gets laid out and shot? Uh, it was uh, I, it was the work like a great film, I think, of a lot of people. Uh, I'm glad you asked about the stadium stampede, Mark. Uh, we're all really proud of it. Everybody at AEW, we all took a hand in laying it out. Uh, it involves like a lot of people's ideas, and the fact that my, my dad and the Jaguars organization were kind enough to provide his access to TIA Bank Stadium to make the stadium stampede a signature match of ours. We all put in ideas. We all sat down. Uh, the big spots in the match, like literally like, uh, you know, uh, Chris, uh, Matt and Nick, uh, Kenny, Matt Hardy, myself, we all put multiple ideas and multiple big spots in the match, which like you'll probably, you'll, I hope it is a famous match that people talk about. And I think to us, it could be a signature match to us. I hope uh, the stadium stampede can be uh well, really, a signature match here in AEW, something people will always remember. And, like, uh, you know, like, you know, when a band puts together a song and everybody has a part in putting it together, I think that was this. And we all had a lot of fun putting it together, uh, especially because uh, it was the first time some of us had been together, like, in a couple months. So it was, like, really fun. Uh, you know, we hadn't seen Matt and Nick, especially Nick, uh, in over uh, two months. And then, uh, obviously, with, you know, Kenny and uh, Chris and, and Matt Hardy, we've all been together all the time and with Sammy and the Inner Circle guys. So there's a lot of, went into it and a lot of ideas. Chris uh, is incredibly creative. Uh, the, and obviously the Bucks and Kenny, you see how being the elite uh, every week and, and they had a lot of great stuff and uh, we just had a lot of fun. So I get, you, I'm sure I'm Chris is going to do po- a lot of podcasts talking about what went into it and the process and all the time and a lot of people who helped and there were so many people from the Jags organization uh that were very kind in helping us get it. And frankly, uh, in this climate, I really am very grateful to everybody that came in and was a part of the show and uh, everybody that watched the show because it looks like it was a very successful show. And uh, I'm really glad to see that in this climate. I know, uh, you know, it's hard and not everyone has a lot of disposable income right now. And I really appreciate it. It looks like a a good number of people were able to uh, come in and support us on this one. I really appreciate that very much. Thank you. Uh, Thanks, Mark. The next question is from Connor Casey from Comic Book. Ooh, hey, uh, Connor, I'm sorry. I've been uh, interrupted uh, by uh, one of our uh, casino ladder match participants. I'm sorry. Uh, I, by the way, uh, this I tried to explain the rules of this match like 200 times at least to Orange Cassidy, and uh, he did not get it. And uh, I thought there were, I thought you, despite the fact you didn't really understand the match, that's how good a wrestler he is. Uh, that he could have won the match. He's also a great uh, manager. He's one of the most uh, successful people, one of the most unlikely success stories in wrestling, I think. Uh, uh, somebody who's really come on. He's a very special wrestler. Thank you for coming in. I'm sorry for interrupting you. Uh, what was your question? Yeah, what was your question? By the way, did, Tony, did I win the match? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, it's perfectly fine. And tell Orange, thank you for uh, for joining us on this call. Um, Tony, uh like, like you were talking about earlier about the uh, stadium stampede, uh, based on everything I've seen on Twitter, I think this match went over incredibly well. Uh, I'm curious, uh, based on the, the kinds of matches we've seen just in wrestling in general these past few months, what are your thoughts on cinematic matches? And do you think they have a future? I, I think, like everything else in wrestling, uh, a smart man, I once heard say, uh, uh, he's smart about some things and other things he's not so smart about. But I, I once heard somebody uh, who knows some really great things about wrestling and I used to think was a great mind for wrestling. Uh, I heard him once say that nothing, uh, when it's done great wrestling, nothing's better. And when it's done badly, nothing's worse. And I think that's true of cinematic matches too. I think if you do something great and I hope people think the stadium stampede was great. I'm glad you guys have 
uh, been very favorable about it, and I think that's true of cinematic matches. It... How does this work? <laughs> this is I'm glad you're really very talkative lately. I gotta say, uh, uh, can I? Uh, yeah, the next shot question. of Brandy. Shot of, yeah, I heard. I heard you were shot of Brandy, guys. It's a great, great show. Uh, next uh, question, please. Next up is Jonathan Snowden from Bleacher Report. Great, great writer, great writer. John, I want to tell you, uh, I don't know, did Moxley tell you, have you, did you talk to Moxley on here, by the way? I'm curious. I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut off your question, but he loved your Ken Shamrock book. He's been raving about it. Uh, Moxley's put over this book. Everyone is, who wrote a Ken Shamrock book? This is the guy asking the question, John Snowden. Did he really? He's a great writer, yeah. Uh, John, what's it, uh, what do you got? Get out of my way, John. <laughs> so, Get it? Tony, guys, I thought the stadium stampede was one of the most incredible things I, I've ever seen. Thank um, you. One of the most dangerous stunts you guys have done was was to finish Kenny Omega's one wing angel that was maybe a fifteen foot drop. I'm wondering what kind of safety precautions went into to doing that because I would have been very difficult if it wasn't a cinematic match to do something like that. But um, but uh, because of the nature of the stadium stampede and we were able to to do things, uh, um, it's one of the silver linings of. Uh, being able to uh, do things like this and not doing everything in front of a live audience uh, would have been really difficult to do something in a safe environment like that. But it was it was safe. But that being said, uh, no amount of uh, uh, preparation and uh, you know we did a lot to make it safe. But that you still two of the greatest professional wrestlers in the world, and only uh, two of the greatest wrestlers in the world could have pulled that off, which is true of many of the things that happened in that match, including that. Have you guys seen Tony's guns? Thanks. Thanks. Next question is Dave, Dave Meltzer at Wrestling Observer. Yes. Hi, Dave. Hey, Tony. How you doing? Really, really well. Really, really well. Wait, this is Dave Meltzer? This is the Dave Meltzer. It is the Dave Meltzer. I think Dave hates me. No. No, 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 no. That is not. That is not it's the case. Not, I, you you learn you learn and adapt. <laughs> that is true. That is it's it's true. again. It's true. It's that true. is true. Which is the difference between Dave and the, the person I was talking about before. Uh, oh. Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you, uh, Dave. Uh, what, were you, what were you saying? I haven't asked the question yet, but I was I was um, wondering as far as like um, who I, I really thought that like. Um, a lot of the guys underneath, like especially like I think MJ of Jungle Boy and um, Hikaru Shida, really, I thought they all really uh, like elevated themselves with the show tonight. And I was just wondering, what, like, like what you thought as far as who are the stars of the show besides you know the obvious ones? Uh, I know. I mean, I think a lot of people stepped up in the ladder match, and we look we're in a really tough position from the beginning of the show because I think in the ladder match, like uh, Phoenix was like a really important wrestler and is one of the best wrestlers in the world. No. I, he doesn't want to hear that. I don't care about that. Yeah, he definitely does not want to hear that. Uh, but he is going to be a huge part in that match. So I think all the people in the ladder match stepped up, and including Orange Cassidy and all the participants in the ladder match. I thought, like you said, in the title matches, uh, everyone in the title matches, I thought, really stepped up. Um, and I thought that, obviously, the stadium stampede, like Sammy was amazing in the stadium stampede. I thought uh, it was great to see the Young Bucks back. And uh, Kenny's, you know, I think Kenny's the best wrestler, bell to bell in the world. And then uh, the inner circle is, to me, a great faction. And I thought this was like a great night for the inner circle. And Sammy stepped up and did so many things. Chris uh, is a genius. Uh, here we go. Uh, see, the magic of uh, the, this app is that I saw that coming. Otherwise, you would really uh, knock me off. But instead, uh, I'll go on. And so th- there was, uh, you know, and I thought uh, Brody Lee came in and uh, in a position where, uh, based on you know us having to do the shows in, all of April in a very short span, uh, that like he really stepped in too and had a great match and in a position in the card, a tricky position in the card to do the world title match. He he was great, and I, I hope I'm not uh, leaving anybody out. I know it's a long-winded answer as it is, but really, and the, the people were great, and all the people in the building that you know uh, were here, and everybody who came in and got tested and uh, made a lot of noise, uh, you know from the company and uh, our family and friends. Uh, it was really pretty great. All right, I think you should leave, Tony. You uh, you could, you can. I, you shouldn't forget your sunglasses. Uh, but uh, you're, uh, you've are you been a great uh, help to this. And Dave, I hope that was... An, who did you think, Dave? 
I mean, I, I'm sorry, I didn't say Jungle Boy and MJF, and I should have said Jungle Boy and MJF because they went out and absolutely tore the house down. Again, there were so many great things that uh, happened on this card, and the people who went on early, like the people in the ladder match and what, and, uh, you know, Brian Cage debuting, and obviously MJF and Jungle Boy just really tore the house down, and I, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, give them a ton of praise also. Right, Dave? Yeah, that's right, Dave. That's a long answer. Sorry, Dave. Right, I'm out of here. Sorry, thanks, Orange. It's great, uh, great debut, look at ladder match debut for a guy who didn't understand the rules of a ladder match. Yeah, we, we would have it better. I would have had a better time. I tried my best many, 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 many times. Uh, and uh, who's next? Next question is from Mike Johnson from Pro Wrestling Insider. Uh, yes. Hey, Tony, how are you? Good, Mike. So, you guys had a lot of curveballs thrown at you in the last couple of days in terms of injuries. How much did that change the creative trajectory of the show and uh, where are we with injuries? Uh, winter, winter Town's being cleared to return. Is everybody who worked tonight okay? Like, in terms of health, obviously there's only so much you can talk about with HIPAA, but where do we stand in terms of injuries and where, how that changed the creative plans tonight? Well, the people in the case, who uh, there were huge curveballs, frankly, and I'm really grateful uh, to, you know, obviously in the Chris Lander and Penelope Ford match, they were both thrown out there without uh, Britt Baker being here and grateful to all of them, and uh, then with Phoenix, like I mentioned earlier, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention how great Phoenix is. We did miss him, and Joey was uh, great to come in and step in, and I asked Joey to come in, as he alluded to, uh, and do something great, and I thought the guys went in, and, and uh, in uh, a new concept uh, that I was pretty jazzed about uh, that I'd, I'd kind of uh, uh, put together for this pay-per-view. I thought it was a cool new stipulation match, and uh, I hope uh, it can be a part of the pay-per-view. Um, and uh, so with Phoenix and... Uh, ripping out frankly we we dodge bullets on both of them uh it, i'm really glad to say whenever there's an injury on a show um you're always like terrified and in both these cases we were really worried um and we weren't sure coming out of the show what the status of either of them was and and uh we won't we would never false advertise i never if it's in our power i never want to we didn't know uh until yesterday for sure what was going on uh brit will be out probably we think six uh weeks maybe uh I think less than two months ballpark uh, is a good estimate. Uh, she'll be addressing uh, her medical situation uh, at, on Wednesday on Dynamite. And then we've got uh, Phoenix where um, it was close. Like he's not, you know, he's, he's limping. And uh, I don't think he would have been able to give 100%. Also, it wouldn't have been smart to put him out there in that situation. We uh, made a judgment call, but I think he'll be back soon. He's been on great and, uh, uh, yeah, he's, I really appreciate him and everybody who's come in. And like I said, I thought on Phoenix and Britt specifically, we dodged a bullet. And it did. Uh, we were down to the wire on those. And for sure it was tricky. But uh, we didn't have to change a ton of the show. You know, thankfully it was uh, – and we were really lucky. We had great substitutes with uh, Joey and Penelope. Next Thanks. up is Kristen Ashley from Bell to Bells. Okay. Hi. Hi. Um, so I was at the AEW Heels party yesterday, and the majority of the women there, when they were polled, said they wanted to see a women's ladder match. Uh, with Sheeta as the new champ and a veteran of hardcore matches, are those type of matches on the deck for the women in the future? I definitely think that's a possibility, yeah. I, it was, uh, I think we just did a ladder match tonight, and obviously uh, one of the best matches we've ever done You know, was at All Out, and it had been a while since we've done a ladder match. I think um, the... Uh, Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers uh, was one of the best matches we've ever done and I, I really enjoyed the ladder match tonight but definitely when the time is right I absolutely would love uh, to do a women's ladder match and I think we'd, we'd really uh, have a great roster for that and I think uh, uh, Kenny's got a great mind uh, for these things and uh, I, I'd love uh, for us to take a crack at that I think we'd have a lot of fun with that one putting that uh, together and putting together a great roster of women's wrestlers and I think we have great women's wrestlers that would have a great ladder match so definitely and I think Sheeta uh, would be really compelling uh, and she's a great champion it's, I think her title shot's been a long time coming and uh, she you know really came through it was a great match thank you thanks for going to the AEW Heels thing thank you I'm, uh, I'm really learning a lot and uh, you know I can't say um, I you know under, I, I, I'm really glad that uh, I hope, I've heard good things about it and people really enjoyed attending the event and for everybody that put together and Brandy and uh, the team of ladies at AEW that worked on it, they worked hard on it and I'm really glad uh, 
they've gotten such a good reception to it. Thanks. Next up is Sean Lalos from Monsters and Critics. Great. Hi. Hey, Sean. Did you, do we have Sean muted? Do we unmute Sean? Hello. Hey, can you hear me? I can. How are you? Okay, perfect. It looked like my Zoom tried to cut out. Um, well, good. I want to talk to you about the MJF Jungle Boy match. Great. Um, for a long time, I've really thought, you know, Cody talked about old school wrestling. And it seems like MJF is an old school heel. Jungle Boy seems to be like the perfect old school baby face. These guys are 22 to 23 years old. Talk a little bit about about their performances, especially when they're against each other. You know, it, someone on Twitter tonight compared it to Steamboat Savage, which that's, or a young Steamboat Savage. Talk a little bit about these two guys and their future and the future of AEW in their hands. Well, that makes me feel really good. That's literally the highest praise you can get uh, when it comes to that uh, kind of wrestling and that kind of rivalry. I think when you talk about rivalries and in-ring belt-to-belt wrestling, that's like exactly what you want to hear about young wrestlers and, and uh, also guys that were married to each other at various points in their careers, guys that worked together in the late 70s in Mid-Atlantic, some of the greatest stuff you'll see, and guys that, uh, you know, worked together in the early 80s and, and then had reconnected in the mid-80s and then were apart and did some of the greatest stuff ever, but then reconnected uh, in the late 80s and again uh, in the early mid-90s, and it's like some of the best uh, stuff you'll ever see, and if these guys are able to do that, and uh, I think they'll both be here a long time, I think it's no secret that they're both uh, signed here uh, through the end of 2024, uh, and uh, they're really important to us. Uh, they're both really important talents for us, and I think keeping them together, uh, you know, is a rivalry. It, it, when you find guys like this, they're you know you think are young potential main event talents, potential world champions, uh, and they have this kind of chemistry. And they haven't wrestled a lot outside of AEW, which when they uh, had that kind of chemistry when they first connected here before this. Uh, it, it was really special and I was shocked that they hadn't done much together we were on live TV and they'd only done a couple things together and uh, sometimes some stuff you know based on where they were on the time I told them because I keep the times I told them they were going to be pivoting a little bit and uh, they uh, uh, adjusted to it like uh, uh, total pros and then uh, for guys their age I think these are like probably like two of the smartest uh, most instinctive highest upside like wrestlers in the world so to hear you compare them to Flair and Steamboat is like uh, music to my ears, uh, frankly. And uh, that makes me feel great. Thank you. And uh, that should make Max and Jack uh, feel great. And they're both students who are wrestling in their own way. And uh, that's awesome. Thank you. That's what we were going for. And uh, they've done a lot of stuff together. And before uh, the shutdown, and they were both, you know, obviously Max in the East Coast, Jack in the West Coast. That was stuff we were going towards, if you remember. Uh, so uh, it's good to be able to get back to it and do this uh, like we always wanted to. Next up is Ryan Satin from Collider. Great. Hey, Ryan. Hey, how's it going, Tony? Good, man. How are you? I am doing great, thank you. So uh, there were rumors that Brian Cage signed with you guys back in January after becoming a free agent, but then he had to undergo surgery due to injury. Now that he's actually made his debut with you guys, can you talk about how long he's been signed to an actual deal with you guys? That's true. Uh, Brian signed, and he was, like, injured when he signed. And I think, uh, frankly, there, I heard there were uh, people who were like, you know, you pay, that's crazy. You would pay this guy good money. And this whole time he's hurt, and he didn't get hurt in your company. But I really like Brian, and I really believed in him. I had this plan for Brian, and I wanted to do this with Brian and Taz all along. And uh, there was a method to it, and he wasn't going to be ready to go until around double or nothing. But I always knew Brian was going to factor in double or nothing and kind of always knew uh, he'd show up here. Uh, he's always based to be expected to be cleared in May. And, uh, you know, so we signed him and, and he rehabbed and got ready. And uh, he had no idea what he was coming in to do. <laughs> I told him, and, uh, but uh, uh, he's great. And uh, I really, like, really, really believe in him and uh, strapped him rocket to him you could say and uh i think he's awesome and like i said it's going to be mox versus cage at fighter fest and uh i think it's going to be awesome and uh, i'm really excited we'll get you more details about fighter fest and uh, all the big stuff we're going to have there but that's the world title match and uh, uh you know i'm really glad that taz and uh, cage were able to to have that moment now finally so it's pretty cool uh, well, I, ideally we would have been able to do it uh, have them 
come in and do something sooner. But, uh, you know, when Brian got injured, this was always what we planned when he told me he was going to be cleared in May. Next up is Alex McCarthy from Talk Sport. Awesome. Hey, Alex. How are you? Hey, Tony. How you doing, man? Uh, Great, man. Thanks for staying up. I hope. Thanks for staying up. Yeah, it's like five to six here, man. Don't I know, man. I'm very familiar with the time difference, as you can imagine. Uh, I have, although I haven't been. I right before Revolution, I was there of, at Fulham, and uh, and then of course things shut down. I haven't been able to get back since, as you can imagine. But uh, uh, I've stayed in touch with all the guys, and I miss it very much. I miss London. It's like a second home to me. And thanks for staying up. Like I said, I know how hard it is with these shows, these pay per view shows. Well, it wasn't very hard with that show tonight, man. <laughs> thanks, man. That's great to hear. Thank you. Um, That's really kind. Well, speaking of you coming back over here, I uh, just wanted to touch on you know uh, Fighter Fest. I'll be honest with you guys. I want to Brett let you you can break this one out, even though you didn't even ask it. But yeah, you know, okay. Uh, so uh, originally Fighter Fest, I was going to do it in London, and it was gonna and we can't do it, and uh, it's just not possible. And we had the plans, and I thought it was going to be our debut. And uh, now he'll tell in the world, I'm sorry, I wanted to do it. And I'm not sure when it's going to happen, but it was going to be Fighter Fest. And, we would have had this great show. There's tons of huge matches we have planned, and, and obviously, you know, Mox versus Cage is the first thing we've announced. And uh, you know, Fighter Fest is a really successful show for us, uh, both internationally uh, as a pay per view uh, and domestically. Uh, it was very successful uh, as a BR Live special, and it was actually one of the greatest days for customer acquisition in the history of BR Live. It was up there with uh, uh, the Tiger Woods Phil Mickelson golf match and uh, uh, some of the other. Big events. I think it was actually second best ever behind the Tiger Woods Phil Mickelson golf match in the history of BR Live customer acquisition. So anyway, yeah, uh, we'll get we'll have more details about Fighter Fest and when and where and how uh, you'll be able to watch it. And uh, um, sorry, I didn't mean to jump to your question, but anyway, I wanted to mention I was good. I wanted to go to England, and we were supposed to with the show that we just announced just now. That's awesome, man. That yeah. is, I, I, I mean, that's thanks, funny. Alex. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate it, man. What whereabouts um, roughly were you? Try- was it going to be Fulham by chance, or what did you have? I don't. Oh, I can't say for sure, Alex. I can't say uh, for sure. Uh, but uh, I, uh, it's gonna. It was going to be awesome. Uh, I, you know, I, I really uh, was looking forward to doing it. Awesome. One day. One day. Yeah, it'll be awesome when we can do it, and it was safe for everybody when we can do shows where you don't have to test everybody. You know, in here that's coming back here with us. Thank you, man. Thank you. Great to hear from you. Okay, the last question for Tony is from Bill Pritchard at WrestleZone. Great. Hey, Tony, how are you? Great, Bill. How are you? Good. So I wanted to follow up on the Brian Cage and Taz pairing and just wanted to know kind of what in your mind made it a good pairing. And then on another hand, you had Vicky Guerrero in the crowd. And she's made some commentary appearances, but is she somebody else that you you could see in the future having a role? Similar well, it's two, to I that? think it's two two separate questions, right? Uh, so yeah, with uh, Taz and Brian Cage, uh, I love the pairing, and it's something we've wanted to do for a while. Um, it's the idea that um, Brian Cage is a big free agent wrestler. He's got all the tools. He's like the guy in the draft that he has kills the workouts. He's got all the physical tools, uh, you know. And uh, with his strength and his agility and, you know, uh, how impressive of a wrestler he is, like everything Taz brings to the, the table uh, in terms of being able to, like, you know, bring in legitimacy, being able to bring, like, wrestling holds and submissions and a new dimension to Brian Cage. But also, uh, you know, uh, like, obviously, uh, Taz is one of the greatest promos in the history of wrestling, uh, in my opinion, in terms of what he was able to do and what he was able to get out of uh, not being the tallest guy or the fastest guy or the strongest guy, but he had a great run uh, and was a very successful, like, mainstream wrestler uh, without, again, you know, being, like, over, you know, a great height or a great speed or even the strongest, biggest guy. So uh, I just think it's a really great pairing, and Taz is uh, going to bring a lot of legitimacy to him, and I hope you dug uh, the music and the who can stop the path the cage uh which is uh you know it's a legitimate question and we'll find out at fighter fest and i think uh, uh we really like cage and i we were uh hyped to get him in and uh like you know ryan asked uh we had this plan for a while to get this going and 
the, you know, uh, some of the, what happened with Taz and Darby, obviously, uh, you know, Taz was looking maybe to manage Darby and Darby wasn't interested in any advice, uh, from Taz. And, uh, when that didn't come off, uh, in this big ladder match, uh, you know, instead Taz went to another plan, which is, uh, he got a bigger, stronger, uh, and then tonight better guy, uh, tonight. Uh, is that, I don't know if anybody didn't get any question. I feel bad if there's anybody that didn't get a question. If there's anybody that, you know, if we can get to or I can try and address in the future, I don't know if there's anybody still going, Mandy, or if anything I can do, but I really appreciate everybody stayed up and came to this. I hope everybody got uh, their money's worth out of the pay-per-view for either themselves or their media outlet. And uh, um, I don't know if there's anything else like for me to do, Mandy, but this is great. No, thank you so much, Tony, and thanks very much to everyone for joining us tonight. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we look forward to seeing you at the next one. Thanks again, and have a good night. Thank you, guys. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.